Well, hi. How you guys doing? All right, we've worked a couple kinks out. Almost. Oh, no, I'm going to break it. I'm going to break it. Don't break it. This would be a great sermon illustration if I broke it. I'm going to have to tie it in somehow. We're in Kingsway Values, and I will tell you this right now, this series has been one of the most challenging for me because uh, it would be like trying to capture two and a half years of conversation in a 20-minute lecture, um, and uh, for a lot of you, um, that uh, sounds difficult, but also very challenging to follow if I was trying to explain to you all that's gone into why these Kingsway values are something that we're elevating, that we're bringing to you, that we're letting you be in on, but also recognizing that it's already been a part of the church. This has already been something that's been going on. It's just something that maybe you haven't seen intentionally or recognized. And so for the past three weeks, we've been kind of traveling. We've gone a journey through a few of these values. And for some of you, these are brand new, and so you're like, whoa, this is cool. Look at the way that this church values this. Look at how they've elevated this. Look at what they're focused on. And for others of you, you're like, yep, yeah, knew that. Got it. Yep, and, and I hope it's been uh, like a, a kind of fortifying series. I hope that you're like, yeah, that's who we are. That's what we're about. Or if, you're, if they're new, I hope you're thinking about these and going, wow, that's, that's really what they're going to make their decisions based on. That really is what is going to drive who they are. And the reason for that, I say, is because we kind of have an overarching kind of gospel uh, kind of mission that we say all the, all the time around here. It's, it's that we are, we are inviting everyone to pursue full life in Jesus. That's kind of our gospel mission. But at the core of that, we recognize that though we are all human and we have value, that's the uh, kind of the top thing, right? Just like the mission of the church is we know that each of us have our own identity and giftingness. And so our values are trying to tap into that. And so we say, this is what, as a church, will be what we choose to value, whether we choose it intentionally or not. And we know this, our values determine, correct, and define our direction. And so as we're going or we're trying to lead to kingdom growth, we recognize values are important. Now, this is the fourth week I've said that. So hopefully, you actually know this, all right? And you're hearing this. And if you're brand new, I hope you're caught up because today we're actually going to do double duty. Uh, we have this little thing in uh, Missouri called weather. And every now and then, it likes to just do its own thing, all right? All right, what is Missouri? It does its own thing every day. But we lost a week, and so we have to double down, all right? So we're doubling on our values today, which means that I'm going to try not to talk extremely fast and probably fail, but we're going to get through two of them. And so today's value, at least the first one, is this. We are contributors, not consumers. The church does not exist for us. We are the church, and we exist for the world. We are contributors, not consumers. The church does not exist for us. We are the church and we exist for the world. Now, why this is such a powerful thing to me is because this, this just tears down so many of the issues and drama that sometimes crop up in communities of people that get close to each other, in communities of people that feel a little bit by, right? We're supposed to provide a place where everybody feels comfortable, uh, feels valued, feels recognized, feels a part of it. But then once that kind of happens and you're brought into the fold, you recognize pretty quickly that we're not here to sit still and eat some cinnamon rolls and drink some coffee. We kind of have a mission. We kind of have a goal. Like, we're not just here to get comfortable. And so 
I have a couple references. I, I, I'm not even going to put them up there. But, but the first thing that Jesus said to his disciples when things got a little bit comfortable, when people started receiving like healings and like food for free out of nowhere, and things started to get like crowds of people, he would say things like this to his disciples. He would say, hey, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross and follow me. Now, when he says like that to his disciples, you and I hear, oh, man, that sounds tough. I don't want to carry anything. I went to Hoo yesterday. Who's been to Hoo Anybody been to Hoo I won't say the rest of the saying because it's kind of nasty, but Hoo makes your stuff hot. And uh, some of the stuff that I will say in this, uh, when you're sitting in Hoo and you have your bowls, you know what I'm talking about? This is a, a all-you-can-eat buffet. You take your raw food, you put it in a bowl, and then you carry it up to this hot grill, and they cook it for you, and then they give it back. The line was so long, you guys. I was sitting there, and I am watching everyone around me trying to hold their bowl because it had wrapped around and then wrapped around, and we are holding it and holding it and holding it. When I hear, take up your cross and follow me, you know what I think? I don't want to carry nothing for too long. Nothing, right? Carry a two-year-old through Silver Dollar City? Nothing. Carry that bucket of water? Carry the groceries in? How many of you guys are one-trippers? Two trips are for the week. I'm talking about? Two trips are for the week. We sit all the time in our house, then you just break them all and they're spread all over the place. You're like, three trips are for the smart. <laughs> this isn't just about carrying something. It's way, it's way worse than that. <laughs> you're carrying your own torture instrument. Uh, you're carrying your own pain. Uh, you're, you're carrying your own tool to death. And it's someone else's tool for you. This illustration that Jesus is throwing down is basically saying, carry the weight of the injustice that will be upon you and follow me. Carry the weight of your non-preferences. Paul would go on to say uh, the similar things, but in a little bit more... Uh, palpable way, a little bit more of a, an easy swallow than just this like difficult like instrument of death that you're carrying around. He would say it like this in Philippians 4.2, that each of you should not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. Each of you should not look to your own interests, but to the interests of others. And so with this value, put that value back up here real quick. It says contributors, not consumers. And that the church does not exist for us. We, uh, we are the church and we exist for the world. So we need to recognize this. Self-sacrifice, self-sacrifice is the requirement. It's the requirement. And the preferences are often the first thing to go. Preferences are often the first thing to go. Now I start messing with what you prefer, then things get a little crazy, right? Wait a second. Some of y'all prefer that I would just unbutton the shirt. It looks too tight. All right? I tried it out. It didn't work. Some of you prefer a certain restaurant you're going to try to go to in just a few hours at lunch. Some of y'all just prefer you stay here and eat and make community. Some of y'all are going to watch certain things. Some of y'all are going to take a nap. It's going to be a battle at your house. We all have a crazy amount of preferences. And in the church, it's no different. Uh, how many times have you seen drama in a church over a preference? 
All right, let's just not get too personal. How about this? In your family? How about a marriage? Preferences. You know, Jesus said a statement. This is kind of going to be the center of both the values we talk about. And he said it in Matthew chapter 5. And this is one of these statements that I think we hear it and we recognize what it is, but it's, it's way more powerful than that. Um, he said this, you are the light of the world. Now, when he's talking about this, he's talking about his disciples. He's talking about this new kingdom that is going to be planted in the hearts of men and his followers. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So in my mind, I recognize this. So when I see and I hear and I understand that point, what I, what I think about immediately is, is, is a lamp. Now let's bring the lights down a little bit in here if we can, just a little bit, um, especially the stage ones. Oh man, it just got like 10 degrees cooler up here. What's tempting about a light is, is two things. Um, if, if you've been living in darkness, uh, a light is very attractional, right? Uh, if you're in darkness, say it's in the middle of the night and you're trying to get up to go to use the restroom, and uh, you see that light from the bathroom, maybe it's the, and you're like, oh, there it is, and you're, you're like trying to make your way there, right? Or if uh, your kids come in at 6.45 in the morning and just slap the lights on, right? You're just like, I'm awake, yeah. It's very attractional. Like, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, I want to come to it. And, and that's exactly what the church is. Uh, it says it right here, the city on the hill. This is the idea that when someone's traveling, they see something far away, and they're like, oh, I know where I'm going. A lighthouse. All right? But also in, in a room. Like, you, you ever gone into a room and everything's dark? You can't tell who you're talking to? You're like, who's in here? Why are you in the dark? Turn a light on, all of a sudden everybody's talking, everybody see your face, and oh, it's super cute and everything, right? But what also happens if we're not careful is we don't go anywhere with our light. And we protect our light. And we stay where it's comfortable. Uh, but the power of light is only really felt in darkness. And when I hear this value, and what I think Jesus is saying is this, is that this light is meant to be used in the dark. And just because we've received it and now we live in the light, it is tempting sometimes to just create a happy home here. And just, just say, hey, this is where we found it. This is great. Oh my goodness, we're never leaving. But there's a lot of people in the dark world that need this light. And if we're not careful, we'll just be consumers of this and we'll never be on the offense. We'll never use it for what God is calling us to do. We'll, we'll never take this light anywhere. We'll just leave it right here. And so many times, if we're not careful, our churches become a place to come and find the light, but no light leaves this place in the hearts of its people. We are contributors we carry the light, each of us. And yes, we come together and our light shines bright. We worship, we tell God, we, we sing, we read scripture, we pray, we encourage, we correct, and we do it all in the light. But we do not hold this selfishly against prejudice, against hardship, against persecution, 
in the face of suffering, our job is to be the light where that's at as well. I want to read this just one more time. Self-sacrifice is the requirement. Self-sacrifice is the requirement, and preferences are often the first thing to go. When your preferences get bumped up into in Kingsway, I hope you see it as a, that's a Kingsway value. That's okay. As long as we're moving the light forward, as long as we are not just sitting still, I hope that I don't feel comfortable all the time. Because we are not consumers. We are contributors. We are moving the light forward. That's what we're doing. That's a Kingsway value. Got it? Good. The next value we're going to talk about, super simple. Wink, wink. We keep it simple. That was a joke. You guys didn't get it. Okay. Uh, our resources, programs, and vision are focused around not what we can do best. Not what we can do, but around what we do best. We want to be simple. I had to travel the globe to find this thing. I want you to know that before I turn this thing on. The temptation is to be a party. Let's just, just sit, sit back and chill at this thing, all right? It's a little underwhelming, I know, all right? Got it at a good deal. Now, this is cool. I'm not lying. This is sweet. It's going to be in my office, all right? It's going to be in my office. That's where it's going to stay. I'm not trying to underwhelm you, all right? But at the same time, let me just ask you this. How many of y'all in the middle of the night want to wake up when you're just trying to get to the bathroom and this is every light in your house? It's a disco party, right? You go and pee and you're like, what is happening? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm lost. You're tripping all the way back to the bed. You turn the light off, you still got these going on. Right? How many of y'all, you know, people come over to your house and you just got 15 of these on in every room. They're just like, what? Where am I? Why are we doing this? What's going on? What's crazy is that's silly. That's so silly. Why in the world would we do that, right? But yet somehow we get tricked into thoughts that fancier and more colors and more options and bigger and better and broader and uh, is, is always the best thing to do. This isn't a new issue. I'm going to turn this off before someone goes blind. So you're all are distracted. I can watch your ADD. You're like, I don't hear a word he's saying. Look at the shiny lights. <laughs> this isn't a new issue. But we're basically saying what this value is, we want deep, intentional impact. We want deep, intentional impact. We don't want to just be a shiny ball. We want to be... A light. We want to be something that when people come in here, they're in a dark place, and they're not just excited about the shininess. They see things clearly. They feel the love. They see the eye contact in the people. They meet people who truly care about them and want them to find 
full life. And we want to do that to the best of our ability. And we will fight through sometimes the distraction that is the shiny, crazy, complicated, overprogrammed, over chaotic schedules. One of the things we've said here for years, and keep it simple, is we don't want you to transform your schedules necessarily. We want you to be in more intentional with the schedule you already have. We don't have a thousand programs here all week long because we believe that you are in the mission field right where you're at with the kids' sports teams, at your work, doing the things you already do in the community. And we want to say, take your light, be the church, simply go where you're already planted and be who God has called you to be. I feel like when Jesus talked to his disciples, it was the same way. When he goes up into the clouds in Matthew 28, it's the Great Commission. You know, I I have a feeling they were waiting for like a list of like 15 things they were supposed to do. You know, the top 10 things that Jesus is like, all right, here's the plan, game plan. You ready? Here it is. Go here, go here, go here. Talk to this person, talk to this person, talk to this person. Here's the code. Here's the Ten Commandments again. Here's the laid it down, right? And then Jesus just goes, here's your plan. You ready? Go into all the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the world, baptizing and making disciples, teaching them to do all the things that I've showed you. Go for it. And in my mind, I'm going, I'm like sitting there, I'm the guy that's like, I already forgot, I already forgot, I already forgot, I don't remember, right? Where are you at? But it was so simple. Because they didn't have just that one interaction. They had Jesus for three years. And they would have heard Jesus say in, in John chapter 30, uh, 13 through 35, this is the one way that people will know you're my disciples. This is the one thing that everybody will know. And you know they would have just hang in there. They're like, okay, this is the one thing. This is so important. How you treat and love one another will be the deciding factor. Well, snaps. Super simple. Super simple. And then later, one of the law, you know, Pharisees of the law has got all the, the Torah memorized, five books of the Bible and more memorized, you know, 600 to some commands that they now have traditions of men that they've got memorized. And they're like, Jesus, okay, what's the most important commandment? They think they're going to trap him. And Jesus goes, hey, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And he goes, all the law. Everything hangs. Everything hangs on those two things. Super simple. When you don't know what to do, you don't have to go to the list. You just have to love well. Love God and love the person right in front of you, whether they're raised in anger or peacefully a friend. Your job is to love well. That simple. For some of you, I just needed to drive this home in a real applicable way. And so I just put the acronym up here. Some of you, a lot of you know this. KISS. All right? Anybody know what this stands for? Keep it simple, Stephen. Just kidding. (laughs) Keep it simple, Stephanie. 
No, keep it simple, stupid. You know, our one rule in our youth group is, you know what it is when we go on a trip? I have lots of rules, but this is the one rule I tell them they can't break. This is don't be stupid. Don't be stupid. And if you have to ask if it's stupid, you have your answer. It's stupid. For so much of us, I hope this is exactly the way that you choose to live a simple, peaceful life. Like Thessalonians said, do your best to do your best to love well, because when we just just turn into a light rather than a show, rather than need to be everything and draw it up in some crazy way, and we just choose to trust that we are supposed to be a light on a hill, that we are just supposed to be a light in a room, that we just take with us as contributors simply what God has called us to do. That's what Kingsway is all about. It's our values. And for you, if you're out there and you have a passion that God has called you to and you want to move and do something for Kingsway, I will tell you this right now. We are listeners to every single, we want to allow you to do what God is calling you to do. If it breaks your heart because it breaks the heart of Jesus, we will absolutely free you to do it. But we are a keep it simple church at the tour. We love to keep it simple because you're on a mission field right now, right where you're at, and you're a contributor to the kingdom. Pray with me.